Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is uh, Pastor Ryan from the East Culture Collective Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is the weekly devotional or weekly encouragement, and uh, excited to dive in. But before we do, I uh, wanted to just kind of give you an update on um, how you can get involved with us or learn more about us, uh, just support us. Um, our monthly podcast will always be available um, through all of our major platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google, uh, Stitcher, all those fun things. Um, but the, the the two other options that we're providing or two other things that we are trying to to do is one a weekly encouragement or weekly devotional, which is what we're doing right now, um, and then the second is that uh, Caleb, Patrick, and I are all going to sit down and kind of um, dig deeper into the podcast that we just recorded. So, like um, the last one we did was we sat down with Dutch Bros and interviewed them. It was phenomenal, uh, and thank you so much for your positive feedback. We've gotten so many people um, that have just been really kind and and, and enjoyed it. So uh, it was fun for us. So I'm glad it has blessed other people, but. Um, that interaction and kind of diving into that more will be available um, along with our weekly encouragement through our Patreon website. So patreon.com forward slash youth culture collective. Um, both of those will be available through subscriptions. So for $3 a month, you can have access to a weekly devotional. So 75 bucks, uh, 75 bucks, 75 cents a devotional. Um, and then uh, also will give you access if you want for $3 a month to uh, be able to listen to us dive dive into and kind of dissect um, our monthly interview or monthly podcast. Um, or if you want both, um, obviously we'll cut you a deal. Uh, it'll be $5 a month for both. So, uh, but, uh, but before we kind of asked you to subscribe to that and, and support us that way, we kind of wanted to give you um, at least a taste of um, what you would be purchasing. So this first uh, devotional or encouragement is going to be totally free and available on all of our platforms, as well as um, uh, Caleb, Patrick, and I sitting down and kind of dissecting and, and d- diving deeper into our previous podcast episode with Dutch Bros. So that'll all be available for free. Uh, but then moving forward, our devotional and kind of our going deeper um, uh, recordings will be available only through subscription. Our main podcast will still be free and available on all the platforms, but wanted to communicate um, kind of moving forward how things are going to work. So check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Youth Culture Collective, um, and there's more information there. But I hope you enjoy this weekly encouragement. I hope it blesses you this week. Thanks. Okay, so I wanted to share just a, a brief encouragement with you guys. Um, God has been laying something on my heart in probably the past four or five months, uh, and I've actually got an opportunity to kind of share it with various different groups. And so I wanted to just take a, a brief moment and use this platform as a way to share it as well. So I want to share just a, a little funny story um, as kind of the intro into what I want to talk about. Um, in college, I dated this girl. Um, I think our relationship lasted about 16 months or so. Um, um, and, and, uh, I wasn't the greatest at relationships. It didn't really take uh, relationship cues very well. I kind of was like honed in. Um, so about like six months into this relationship, uh, like I was convinced like, oh, she's the one. Um, but at the same time, oddly enough, she started dropping these like lines, these like observations, um, that I had no clue, um, didn't even like ping my radar at all. Um, but like we'd be walking through the ball, um, and she would make comments, uh, like she would notice, 
uh, a person, typically of the male species, um, and she would she would like comment on their skin tone. Um, like, wow, like that guy's really tan. That's like a nice tan. Like she would make comments like this and you're probably laughing being like, Ryan, you're an idiot. Yes, I was. So shut up. Um, and if you don't know anything about me, like you've never met me before, um, I'm really white. Like I'm pale white and I don't really tan. Um, if anything, I freckle, which is not the same thing. Um, but like I noticed she would say this. And so I did what any normal college kid would do when his girlfriend starts noticing tan guys. Um, I grabbed my best friend and we go sign up for a tanning salon membership and we sign up for like the holy crap uh tanning salon membership like the whole thing and we go out we buy the goggles that you put on because apparently that you know you don't want to tan your eyelids um we buy like the tanning lotion um to put on your body i guess but i guess that helps i don't know um we did it and uh, so i go in there for the first time and this this young lady is at the counter and i'm like look i've never done this before uh, i need to get tanned fast like what do i do um and she goes yeah we'll, we'll put you in a really nice <laughs> tanning bed i didn't even know there were levels. Um, and she goes, Hey, like, how long do you want to, you know, tan for? And I said, I don't know. This is my first time. How long should I? She goes, well, like normally like 12 minutes would probably be a good first bronzer. Apparently that's a term. And I said, sweet. Well, here's the deal. Like I need to get tan a little bit faster. Um, so let's microwave me for 15 minutes. So she said, okay, cool. So she, she goes in and she, she sets it up. Um, and, 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 kind of explains everything to me and then leaves the room. And, and if you've never been to a tanning salon, this is what goes down. You, you take off all your clothes and you lay down in this like incubator circle thing. And then like the, the roof comes over you and, and then you just lay there, but they make it really comfortable. Um, they like give you a pillow. Um, they, like you can tune into your like favorite radio station. So I just, I'm just chilling. I got the, <laughs> the lotion all over the, the goggles on, um, and, and the music's playing and everything. And I'm just, I'm just chill. It's relaxing. It's fantastic. Well, it was so relaxing that I fell asleep. Um, and, and I still, to this day, I don't understand how this happens, but like, I, it, like, it didn't, the tanning time, the alarm went off, but I didn't wake up and it kept tanning me. Like, I would think that it would, uh, it would just turn off, but it didn't. And I, I ended up falling asleep for 30 minutes. Um, so I roasted for 30 minutes in this tanning bed. Um, and I got out and I felt good. I mean, I felt a little warm, but that's normal. Um, and, uh, put on my clothes. I was like, I gotta get home, take a shower, get this crappy lotion off me. I go into my dorm room bathroom and I look and I am like just lobster red, just roasted. Um, it was so bad. And then on top of it, like my body was burnt for two weeks straight. Like I couldn't sit down cause it, it tans the top and the bottom part of your body. So like it was, Oh, it was living hell. Um, but, uh, so, so I did it all. I finally got under control and I really did tan very nicely. Um, fake tan, but still nonetheless. But so I go through like the rest of our relationship, just going to this tanning salon. Um, and, and then on top of that, like a little bit while later, after she makes these tanning lines, um, this, this girl I was dating, she starts like referencing, um, the physical, like, um, like the physicalness of guys. Like she was, she would be walking she'd be like, Oh, that guy's like, he's like pretty buff. Like that's wow. Like he's really strong. Like <laughs> again, like ding, 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 red flag, Ryan. Hello. But I didn't care. Um, all that told me was that I need to get bigger and buffer. Um, and again, if you, if you don't know me, I'm, I, I'm not 
big and buff. Like it's just not in my DNA. Uh, but my buddy and I tried, we hit the gym. This was before CrossFit was a cult. Um, so we hit up the gym and we're just lifting really, really heavy things. And so my life for like six months was, um, getting burnt and being really sore, um, from lifting things that I should not have lifted. Um, and so finally (laughs) at the end of our relationship, I didn't know it was the end yet, but at the end of our relationship, she gives me a call uh, on the phone, gives me a call and she starts the conversation off with, Hey, we need to talk. And in a relationship, if you get a call, um, from your girl that says, Hey, we need to talk guys, just hang up, deal with that tomorrow. Just be like, Nope, hang up. Um, cause it's not going to be a good conversation, but I didn't. So I said, yeah, what's up? And, uh, and so she says, Hey, um, so you are everything I want in a husband and more. And at that point in the conversation, I'm going, yes, continue, keep talking. But then she says the word, but, and that's not a good transitionary word. So she says, you're everything I want in a husband and more, but, um, I've always pictured myself with a guy who has the body and build of a firefighter, end quote, like. I can't make this up. Those were her exact words. Um, And I didn't know how to be in that moment, but um, we carried on the conversation and it just came out that um, she, she, she loved, I guess, everything about me, except that she had this picture in her mind of her marrying a guy um, that, that had the body and build of a firefighter, whatever that means. Um, and whatever that meant I didn't have. And so that relationship ended. (laughs) Um, and it was, it was kind of crazy. And, and, um, in that moment, like when, when that relationship ended, I was devastated. And I I wasn't devastated because the relationship ended, although relationships ending are terrible and it sucks. I don't wish that on anybody. Um, what was devastating was that I realized, um, how much of a, a, of a waste it was trying to be something that I just wasn't, um, that, that really, um, when this girl made the claim that she loved me, um, she was loving a fake version of me. Um, and, and I was working my butt off to try to be something that I wasn't. Um, and it was just thrown away and it wasn't worth it. And that devastated me and really, really showed me that, um, like, man, um, people can, can say that they love a fake version of you. Um, but in reality, um, that's not real love. Like it's just not, um, if they love a fake version of you, they don't really love you. (laughs) Um, and that was a big, a big thing. So, um, I say that story, um, and you're probably thinking like, okay, Ryan, how in the world are you going to connect that to a Bible story? Um, so in the Bible, there's a really popular story. Probably most of you have heard it. Uh, it's the story of David and Goliath. And you don't even have to be um, a Christian or even know much about the Bible to probably have heard about um, this story of David and Goliath. This punk kid, little tiny David, goes up against this huge uh, giant Goliath and, and slays the giant. And, uh, you know, athletic teams use this as a, as a metaphor for we're the underdogs. And it's a true David and Goliath story. Um, but, but most people don't realize the scene leading up to this epic battle. They don't, um, even understand how this story 
got to where it is. Um, and it's actually a really fascinating story. And I think it shows a lot about who God is um, and and who we are. So this story is found in 1 Samuel 17, and, and you can go read it on your own. It's a fairly lengthy chapter. Um, but, but let me kind of uh, summarize what's going on. David is a punk shepherd boy. Um, shepherds were the low life. They uh, were not, uh, <laughs> they weren't the greatest of people. They were um, looked down on. Uh, but David's a shepherd boy. He's like 13, 14, 15 years old. He's the youngest of his brothers. Um, and his brothers get shipped off to war. The The people of God, the Israelites, were fighting against the Philistines. And the way in ancient Near Eastern war, um, what they would do is the Israelites were on one side um, and the Philistines were on another. And then there was like valley in the middle, um, and and you would send your top warrior out into the middle, and they would fight it out. They would duke it out, and whoever would win, um, they would win the war. Um, and so the Philistines pick Goliath, and he's a giant. He's like nine and a half feet tall, and Goliath comes out and taunts the people of Israel, saying, let's go. Send out your most amazing warrior. Let's end this. Um, and Israel is scared. Every time Goliath comes out, they all run away and hide. So the king of Israel has kind of a bit of a problem. Um, He has nobody to fight this giant. Um, Everybody in Israel is scared. And actually, really, King Saul is supposed to be the one um, to go out and fight this giant, but he's scared too. So he even offers like a reward, uh, money and his daughter's hand in marriage, trying to motivate his soldiers to go and attack this giant. Um, So David's at home, um, tending his little sheeps, and uh, his father's like, hey, your brothers are at war. I need you to, to take supplies uh, to them. So David gets a bunch of supplies and goes to where Israel is camped. Um, And he shows up and he sees Goliath come out, uh, make fun of God, make fun of God's people. And he he freaks out. He's like, what is going on? Like, this guy cannot keep doing this. Um, Why does he keep doing this? And why don't we send somebody out? Finds out about the whole King Saul deal um, and all that. He gets made fun of by his brother. His brother just ridicules him. um, And is probably embarrassed that uh, that David has more um, confidence and uh, is like m- more willing to go stand up for God than he is. Um, and David just doesn't let it go. He, he keeps asking around, like, what, what's going on? How do we solve this? And so finally, word gets back to King Saul. Hey, there's a there's a dude who wants to go fight Goliath. So David comes up to Saul, and Saul even Saul ridicules him. He says, "You're just a little punk shepherd boy. Um, this." This Goliath has been a warrior since he was tiny. Like you don't stand a chance. And and David pleads his case, saying, "Look, I've I've watched over my sheep. Um, he makes these claims that he has destroyed and killed bears, lions, like literally grabbed them by the hair and killed them, which is insane to think of." Um, and so finally, Saul says, "Great, all right, fine. You've convinced me. Um, go, and the Lord be with you." And and you'd think that like the story ends there. David goes kills Goliath, and it's great. But there's this little scene in between. Saul says, go, the Lord be with you. But then check this out. Let me see if I can find this. Um, uh, Let's see, verse 38. It says, then Saul had his own military clothes put on David. He put a bronze helmet on David's head and had him put on armor. David strapped his sword over the military clothes and tried to walk, but he was not used to them. And he said, I can't walk in these. I'm not used to them. So David 
took them off. Instead, he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones uh, um, um, from the river and put them in his pouch in his shepherd's bag. Then, with his sling in hand, he approached the Philistine. Um, and it's just crazy, okay? Think about this for a second. Um, David is a shepherd boy, um, and he wants to go fight this giant. God is calling him to go do this. Um, the, the scene before this whole thing goes down, God actually calls David and says, you're going to be the next king of Israel. And it's not based on what you do. It's not based on how you look. It's based on your heart. And I love your heart. So you're going to be the king. Um, and so he, David makes this bold stand and says, I'm going to go kill this giant. It's going to be amazing. Um, and Saul's like, oh, yeah, cool. But here's the deal. Um, you can't go looking like a shepherd. You can't go um, just being you. You've got to look like me. You've got to look like a warrior. You've got to look completely the opposite of who you are. And so Saul puts all of his armor on David. He uh, gets them all looking good, gets him a sword, all that's fantastic. And David can't do it. He, it's, it's heavy. He can't walk around. He's not used to this. This isn't him. And so he takes the armor off and then steps into back into his who he is, which is a shepherd, and goes and battles Goliath. And something that's been hitting me, God's just been showing me, um, just the, kind of this simple, well, it's simple on paper, very difficult in real life. But, but here's the concept. Um, every single person will love a fake version of you. It's just the reality. Um, it's not hard to be liked or loved by people. You just have to mold yourself into whatever they want. Um, so if your friend needs you to be athletic, like dress the part, go be athletic. If you're, um, if you're, you know, the popular people in school need you to dress a certain way, go dress a certain way. They'll like you. They'll love you. It's, it's really not all that difficult. Um, it might be difficult to execute, but it's really not that difficult to understand. Um, everybody will love a fake version of you. Um, everybody will like it. They'll accept you and you can be fake and we see it all the time. I do it. Um, I know what people want and so I'll just pretend to be what they want and they'll give me their love. They'll give me their approval, but it's all fake. They love a fake version of me and that's not really love. Um, and the beauty is that, that we don't have to, we don't have to be fake in order to get love, acceptance and approval. Because God loves the real you. Um, he made you. He created you. Um, and, and he's madly in love with you. Uh, you don't have to fake it. You don't have to become something in order for him to love you. How radical is that? How insane is that? Um, that you don't have to fake it. God knows the nasty part of you. He knows um, just the, the things that go through your mind that don't honor him and that don't, that, that don't uh, you know, uh, he doesn't want to live the way God wants you to live. He knows all of that. And yet you are his creation and he chooses to love you. Um, and you don't have to pretend. You don't have to fake like you have it all together. Um, and this is what David faces. This is the, this is the, 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 the tension that J David has. Um, I can be fake and Saul will love me. The Israelite army will love me. Even my brothers will probably love me. I'll look the part and it'll be amazing. But at the end of the day, he knows that's not who I am. Um, and we probably know that if he went out to battle, he would have gotten destroyed. Yet instead he goes, no, God made me the way he made me. Um, and the way he made me is that I'm going to be a shepherd. <laughs> um, and and that's, that's who God made me to be. Um, but in this moment, I'm going to trust that. 
And, and he never loses it. He goes, no, I, and he, the things that he gathers to go to battle this giant are shepherdy things. He takes his shepherd's staff, which is used for sheep. Um, he uses his slingshot and his shepherd's pouch. Like, think about that interaction. Think about what goes through David's mind as he puts down a shield and picks up a staff, knowing that he's going to face a nine and a half foot giant um, who's trained to kill. Um, think about what, what goes through his mind when he takes the helmet off and picks up a, a, a slingshot made of rope. Like, okay, how's that going to work? Um, think about when he put his sword down. Like, okay, um, I have no weapon that's going to, like, cut through Goliath's skin or armor, for that matter. Like, okay, how's this going to work? Um, but David is confident in who God has made him. Um, he's confident in the fact that he doesn't have to pretend or be something he's not. Um, and so kind of just what God has been showing me is um, what do I need to take off? What armor, um, what fake armor do I need to take off um, because I'm already loved? I'm already God's. Um, God looks at me and, and is madly in love with me. I don't have to put something else on in order to gain acceptance or love or approval. Um, God loves me and he loves you. Um, and you don't have to be fake. Um, there's, there's no reason for it. And if you have to be fake in order to get somebody to love you, that's not love. It's manipulation. Um, and God is not in the business of manipulation. He loves you for you. Um, and here's the really cool part. Not only does he love the real you, he wants to use the real you. You don't have to fake or pretend or be something you're not, um, so that God can use you. No, God uses busted, broken people, um, to carry out, um, incredible, incredible things for him. Um, and he chooses you to do that. He says, hey, I, I've made you, I love you, and I want to use you. And I've realized that um, it, it, that God oftentimes um, doesn't use me because I am being fake. Like, if I'm trying to be something I'm not, God, God is really patient with me and goes, hey, man, like, I'm kind of waiting for you to get back to who I made you because who I made you um, is the best person for me to carry out my plan. <laughs> um, and, and, and I'm convinced, especially for you young people who are in youth, you're, you're, you're asking the question, God, I, I want you to use me. What, how can I, how can I be used for you? And God's just sitting here going like, stop faking it. Um, stop pretending you don't have to, um, just be you like be who I made you to be. Um, and you will be used by me. Um, it's an amazing thing. Um, so I hope that you just are encouraged in the fact that you don't have to be fake. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to pretend, um, you can be you. And if people in this world, um, don't love you or don't like you because you are you, um, that's on them, not you. Um, and you don't, need to have the confidence from other people, like, oh my gosh, everybody loves me, everybody likes me. No, your confidence comes from who God is, and God loves you, and He accepts you, and He approves of you. And when you've got the God of the universe um, behind you, um, that's what brings you confidence, and that's what actually enables you to go out and carry out the plan He has for you. So um, everybody loves a fake version of you, uh, but God loves the real version of you. Um, it's not a version. It is you. God loves the real you. Um, and he wants to use the real you. So what do you need to, to take off? What do you need to remove that is fake in your life? Maybe maybe it's your social media profiles. Um, I'm not going to bash on social media. I, I 
love social media, uh, but it is absolutely a temptation to be fake um, on those platforms. Um, and you don't have to be fake. Be the real you. Um, be transparent. Um, show the real you. Um, and, and because God loves the real you, why would you be fake? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so like, is maybe that's something you need to take off. Um, maybe it's this, uh, this, uh, fakeness of being successful, um, that, that you don't want to let anybody know, um, certain areas of your life that you're failing in. Um, and so you pretend to be super successful, uh, to get people to like you, to accept you. Stop. Like, be real. Just be like, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't have it all together. Like, I fail in this area. Um, but the beauty is that even when I fail in this area, God loves me. Um, and I don't have to earn my my way to God's love. Uh, one of the most powerful statements that somebody ever made to me was that God doesn't love a future version of you. Um, and, like, let that sink in for a second. Like, God's not waiting for you to get your crap together so that then he can love you. No, he sees you right where you're at, uh, busted, broken, and says, yes, <laughs> he says yes to you. He says, yes, I love you. Um, and the great part is, is that God being love, um, loves you. Um, and in his love, he will change you. He'll mold you. He'll work with you. He'll be patient with you. He'll go, yeah, you messed up here, but I love you. And my love is what's going to change you. Not expectations, not guilt, not shame, not fear. Um, love meets you where you're at and then also takes you past where you're at. Um, and that's the beauty of God's love uh, for you. So go check out the uh, the story of David and Goliath, but read the part before he actually gets to Goliath. It's, it's completely and totally life-changing um, and hopefully life-giving. Remember, everybody loves a fake version of you, but God loves the real you, and he wants to use the real you. So go out and be real.